hello there, American Farmstead Hers. This is Jenny with the Grimstead Family Farm. And of course, I'm here with Donna from Hazelbell Farm. Hey. And today we are coming to you um, to continue talking about uh, preservation. Uh, but today we are going to stick more um, in the food category yeah. um, with preserving food because that is the mode that we are in right now. Yeah. Um, but before we get busy with that, I said it last week and I'll say it again. I want to know who you people are. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple of pictures. That was fun. We did. We got a couple of pictures um, from one of our <clears throat> listeners, Alyssa. Um, she sent us some pictures of um, her cows and some squash that she's growing. So that was super fun to see. So yeah. um, if you are listening and you have pictures that you want to share with us, we would love to see them. So mm -hmm. email them to us at AmericanFarmsteadHers at gmail.com. Yep. And of course, check us out on you know YouTube and Hazelbell Farm and Gramstead Family Farm, and <laughs> all the places. All the places. <laughs> We've got some canning videos up, so yeah, that's um, what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we figured we would um, stick with that topic for a little bit because right now I feel like it's a super important topic to be hitting on mm -hmm. because our food supply is taking a hit left and right. Yeah, so we're canning right now, at, at, like for food security. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a safety blanket, and, you know, they say um, have have backups. You know, yeah, we're growing food, and we can do that, but what if, you know, what if your seed goes bad? What if you get herbicidal drift? What if, you know, you have <laughs> a week of 100-plus degree days like we're in right now, like yes. a lot of the country's in right now? Yeah. Yeah. So um, backups for our backups, and we are um, we're canning away. Yeah. We also had a freezer go out. Oh. So I know. That's rough. It is rough. Thankfully, it's, it's always such a fear to lingering in the back of it my is. mind. It is. Like, it's always a possibility, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And that's part of why we, we like to can is so that we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, we do, we do use freezers, and this particular freezer is at our most used door to the house in the garage thankfully because we caught it fast nice. and so most everything was still frozen and we could shift things around but um I did have a bunch of turkey meat it's turkey breast wild turkey breast and um it was thawing <laughs> so I had to go ahead and take care of it so I have on the shelf now I canned yesterday uh, 16 pints of turkey chunks, white, white That's breast awesome. meat. And, you know, I thought I, we buy that white breast, um, chicken, chicken breast meat and, right. um, like from Walmart or wherever. So I went online and priced it out to see what it's at right now. And one of those small cans, it's like 12 ounces, 12 and a half ounces or something like that is three twenty eight a can. Okay. And these pint jars are a little bit double that. And so or about about double that. I'll say okay. that. Yeah. Just right at right at double that for the amount of meat. So I put all that up on the shelf and it was like this is like gold. You know what? <laughs> it is like gold. And I mean I really think that that is the direction that we are moving in. I mean yeah. I really kind of feel like meat's gonna start being a little more scarce. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got that, that big pork plant right. that is um, the pork processing facility that's um, shutting down. 
Yeah. Um, which isn't an immediate shutdown. I guess they're not going to shut down until the beginning of next year. That's the California one? Yeah, Smithfield. Yeah, so they're not going to raise any pork in California anymore is the way I heard it. Okay. I have to research that further myself, but um, that once that shuts down, that's going to be it. Well, and I was really kind of shocked to learn that China owns them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we letting China control our food? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's really unsettling to uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, today and yesterday on the news, all those, the beef cows that died. Right. Um, which, you know, I've seen varying reports. Like, some say it's like 400. Some say it's like 10,000 cows. Right. I guess nobody really knows the real number. Right. I don't think that we're ever going to get the final truth on that as to how many or why or how. It's neither here nor there. The point is that we are putting meat up on shelf. Yes. (laughs) And, I mean, I really encourage all of our listeners, like, if you don't have a pressure canner, go out and get yourself a pressure canner. Mm -hmm. Whatever meat that you can find in the store, learn how to pressure can it and put it up on your shelf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, while you can still buy it in the stores, because Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's going to get scarce. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing. That's, yeah. That's what we're doing. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. Um, I think today, though, the the gist was was to maybe start with with water bath canning. Okay. Is that the plan? Sure. Yeah. Mm Yeah. that seems to be a um, an entry level canning, I think, in most people's minds when they get started. Yes. I personally think, and I did start with water bath canning when I started canning. I think pressure canning is easier, and even though that a lot of canners now they just pressure can everything for peace of mind. They're they're yeah. afraid of the whole botulism thing, and you know. Which is a real thing. Yeah. It is a real thing, but they just prefer to just pressure can everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can do that. Yeah. I I think it degrades some foods more than it needs to, and not everything comes out as a quality product when it's pressure canned. Yeah. A little um, too much. Yeah. Some things are better, like meats. Meats come out really, really tender. Meats come out really tender. The last deer that we harvested, um, I cubed up most of it mm-hmm. and just raw packed it and pressure canned it. And it is so good. Yeah. I mean, that, that it just shreds when you put it in the pan. So. Yeah. And then you use the juice that was in yes. there to make like a gravy when you pour it in the pan. It's yes. so good. So good. So, yeah. Um, you know, I kind of feel like pressure canning is more of like your, like your dinner things. Uh-huh. And water bath canning, in my mind, is more of like your fun things. Yeah. Your jams, your salsas. Or your sides. Yeah, yeah, pickles, yeah. Um, stuff like that. That's a good so, way to look at it. Yeah, when I think of water bath canning, I think of, it's like it's like the fun, colorful stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And pressure canning to me is more of your staples. Right, right. Building building the pantry up. Yeah. Other than tomatoes, I mean, tomatoes are always a staple. Yeah. <laughs> but you water bath can those. Right. I mean, right. I guess you could probably pressure can them. You can, and you know they. Are, 
they were once thought of as, um, you know, a low enough, or I'm sorry, a high enough acid food to water bath. And um, so that's the difference if you're unsure about which method to use for a particular kind of food is those higher acid foods need to be um, or can be water bathed. And, and the lower acid foods like your meats and your corn and your beans and things like that need to be pressure canned because you reach a higher temperature in that canner. So tomatoes were once thought to be a high enough acid food to just water bath for a little bit. And we were able to sell salsas in that under cottage laws here in our state. But um, it's, you know, when you know better, you do better. And we've learned that they're not as acidic as we thought they were, or maybe as they once were with those heritage heirloom varieties that we're not growing as much anymore, I think. So, okay. um, yeah, so they say add a little lemon juice if you're going to water bath can your tomatoes, but you can pressure can them too if you want. Yeah. I don't know how they come out pressure canned. I haven't done it. I've never done it. Mm-mm. I've only water bath canned them. I like to do stewed tomatoes. Yeah. Although this year I'm not going to get enough tomatoes to do any stewed tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always the farmer's market. Yes. Yeah. I keep on saying to myself, I need to go out to Waldo and get a case of tomatoes. Yeah. Um, that way we can get those put up on the shelf. But um, the weekends are so busy, I can't find like a free weekend to go out there. To get and, out there. And get out there, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, one of these days, probably by the time I'm ready, they'll be out of tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but then they'll come back because it's Florida. But, and right, and it's Florida. So you better bet, you better believe that I'm going to be doing winter tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. So I, my tomatoes last year, because we moved, so I didn't yeah. get summer tomatoes. Um, I had plants started that really didn't do anything. So I took the um, cuttings off of them. I took the suckers off and I just stuck them in the ground and they rooted and I grew winter tomatoes and they were amazing. Nice. Yeah, they were way better than what I could have done in the summer with such a late start after moving. I should try that with some of my volunteer tomatoes. I have two yeah. volunteer. I think I think they're Chadwick cherry tomatoes because they're the big, the big ones, yeah, like golf balls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's what they are. And um, I had two that volunteered. It looked like they got planted because they're they volunteered in the most most perfect spots. They're both at the at the very end. They end cap a row of beans. Nice. Like I put them there. Nice. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> but um, those two plants are doing really good. So maybe I should take some of the suckers off of those. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to say I did that in July last year. Um, it may have even been later. Mm-hmm. So. It's never too late here. Yeah. It's, so it's almost time. Something. It's almost time to start Yeah. Seeds. We usually start seeds in July. And um, so I will start like all of our squash things again and um, peppers. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's never too hot for peppers. No. 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 Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of peppers and squash, I have a couple. I know I mentioned I have a... Um, uh, a pickled squash recipe yeah. yeah that you can water bath can or you can just do like refrigerator pickles okay um and um there's actually two on this and so what we do if we talk any recipes today we'll try to link them yeah um in the description in case y'all want to make them yeah yeah um I'm, i don't have I'm, enough... I'm really excited to try these yeah um, i you know i don't have enough squash this year I've gotten one zucchini out of like five plants. I'm going to have to send you with some zucchini because it, it's out of control here. <laughs> it's like the best zucchini year I've ever had. 
It's crazy. That's crazy. It is. So, I don't know. Just one of those weird fluke things. Actually, it's not a weird fluke thing. It was the seventh year garden thing. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, this pickled summer squash, it's actually called lemon pickled summer squash. Uh, four cloves of garlic, dill, two slices of lemon, a teaspoon of coriander seed, which I know I did not put coriander seed in mine because I've never owned coriander seed. So, well, you know, when your cilantro goes to seed, that's yeah. coriander. Okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. Learn something. <laughs> um, celery seed, mustard seed, a bay leaf, and whole peppercorns. Okay. Um, so basically you are just slicing your squash however you want it. I did mine in like circular slices or you could probably slice on like carrot sticks. Like spears. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you're basically just boiling all of those things together and, uh, you know, with vinegar and pickling salt and sugar and like your brine ingredients. Okay. Boiling that, pouring it over your squash and uh, stick them in the fridge for 24 hours or water bath can them. Yum. So um, it was super yummy when I made it. I made it with um, scallop squash. I bet it was beautiful in the jar. It was really pretty (laughs) in the jar because that year I had three different color scallop squashes and um, so you could see the different colors, and it was really pretty in nice. the jar. You could add some, like, peppers in that, some, like, red sweet peppers yes. would be pretty to add, all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of water bath can stuff is really pretty in the jar. Yeah. Yeah. Now, peppers, you're not to water bath can, but these are in vinegar like pickles. Yes. So I have to check on the safety on that. I, I would be willing to do it for refrigerator pickles at least. Yeah. 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 That sounds so good. Yeah. I can't wait to try it. It's a pretty good recipe. I remember everybody enjoying it. So, um, and then there's a spicy version of it too. You can put jalapenos in it as well, mm. um, which we do that with everything. You do. Yeah. You guys, you guys are spicy. <laughs> my guys are like, oh my gosh, you put black pepper on my food. <laughs> so spicy. No, we love the spicy. My other favorite recipe that I brought is spicy as well. It's spicy blueberry jam. Ooh. It is so good. What do you eat it with? We put it on pork tenderloin. Okay. Yes. You can put pour it over like cream cheese. Yeah, we do know? like pepper jam like that. Yep. So or pepper jelly. Yeah. So that would be good. Yeah, and so you make it just like you would make a regular blueberry jam, just whatever hot peppers you want to put in there. Cool. Dice them up and okay. put them in there. So neat. So yummy. We do a cowboy candy. We do like spice. Eric and I a little more than our, I say kids. They're young adults. Um, they're, they just don't have adult palates, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But um, we do like spice. They just, they, they like a moderate spice. And so, like, we do, like, pepper jelly and things like that. But um, we do a cowboy candy mm-hmm. with jalapenos. And um, that's something that we do pressure can on the shelf to keep okay. on the shelf, though. But, um it's so good. Yeah. It's so, so it's like, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember. I have to look in my recipe book, but it's like any kind of hot peppers you want to use. Um, right now I have daddles, so I might try it with some daddles and jalapenos together. And then if you don't like super spicy, you can tone that down by using not hot peppers. Yeah, Just absolutely. Put in some sweets or some bells. 
I like banana peppers for that to yes. add in um, to kind of bring it down some. And then it does have a lot of sugar. So you make like a syrup and then, um, but you don't have to. I've also done it sugar-free. I've done it using stevia and xylitol. Okay. And um, Pomona's pectin is a pectin that you can use to in your jams and jellies to use a lower sugar. You could use honey. Um it's going to give it a different flavor. Honey is a strong yeah. flavor yeah. to me. But um, anyways, all that to say, it's so good. We we love pepper jelly. And I haven't made any in like two years. Yeah. Because so, we usually make pepper jelly too. Yeah. Yeah. Or hot relish or. Yeah. Hot relish yeah. is good. Yeah. So yeah, bring up the heat or bring it down however your family likes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Stuff like that's fun to have, um, you know. Like I said, water bath canning. I like to have it on the shelf. And then, you know, that's also something that's easy to add with, like, a dump-style chili. And um, that's something that we like to have easy to to throw together and not this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Unless we're doing it on, like, baked potatoes or something like that um, where we're not having, like, a pot of chili. But you can make a a smaller little pot of chili with your canned tomatoes and some... um, canned beans and you can um, pressure can some ground meat Mm -hmm. um, and have that all ready to go and then we like to add sometimes one of those little like quarter pint jars you know what I'm talking about like to do the little hot things and the little spicy so we'll do our pepper jelly in those and add that into chili and it gives it a sweet and spicy nice it's really good that's really good yeah that is good Mm. we like that Makes me want some. Right? I'm <laughs> thinking about it. Like, what's for dinner? Oh, it's already it's already cooking. Okay. So what else do you water bath? Um, what else do I water bath? Um, you know, it's really... Fruits. Like said, for us, it's yes, fruits. Fruits. Yeah. yeah. It's always the fun stuff, like I said. Yeah. I did um, water bath can some uh, blueberry syrup. Mm-hmm. I found, and I looked for the recipe last night, and I could not find the recipe. I couldn't find it online anywhere, but we were given, like, three cases of blueberries last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a crazy amount of blueberries. So, I ended up making some jam, but I made some sugar-free blueberry pancake syrup. And the recipe was super simple because it was just with honey. It was like yeah. honey, blueberry, and lemon. Yeah. You know, and you basically just pureed it with a stick blender. Yeah. And water bath canned it. Perfect. And I'm down to like three jars of it. I'm going to be kind of sad when it's gone. <laughs> you have to make some more. <laughs> it's blueberry season. Yeah. So. And it was super easy to make. It was like throw it all in the pot. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of honey, I remember. Like, we Just got, like, it. a jug, you know, and right. used most of it. Like, a small jug, not, like, a gallon jug, but... Right, so that's a, like, it seems like a big investment up front, but it's it's provided for a year. Right, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I made that last year. Right. And I still have it on the shelf, so it's really good on ice cream, too. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Pour it over some vanilla ice cream. Yum. So that's kind of how we can. We try to can enough of that item for the ne- until the next season. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the goal. It doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. Yeah. And I think, too, here coming up, because I've, I've pressure canned quite a bit of green beans already this year. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, 
I only want so many cans of green beans on my shelf. We go through a lot of canned green beans. Yeah. We do. That's our that's our number one vegetable here, probably. Okay. I mean, and we prefer them fresh. Yes. But you don't always get too, them fresh. But yeah. yeah. Don't always get them fresh. So I'm kind of tired of doing that. So I think I might try like some dilly beans. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yep. And you can spice those up too. Yep. Make those spicy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, put those in the fridge. Yeah, I wish I had that recipe too. Um, so basically, find yourself a dill pickle recipe yeah. and use that brine. Pour yeah. it over your cleaned um, green beans, and then you can either refrigerate them or you can water bath can them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those are delicious. So let's talk like the actual method of like water bath canning. Okay, let's. Yeah, you go. <laughs> okay, we go. <laughs> okay. So uh, we are going to do a canning class here in in about a week and a half. I had somebody message me today and ask, are y'all going to do another one? Definitely. (laughs) I have taken so many messages in the last three days. Is it too late to get in? I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) There's only so many people I can squeeze in the kitchen. Right. That went quick. It filled up in a day. Which is very, very encouraging. Like, yeah, that's so good to know that people are actually starting to, like, take charge of their food. They want to do it. They want to do it. They want to learn it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, We're actually, we're going to focus on pressure canning, but we're going to talk about water bath canning, too. Um, So, in preparation for that, um, I've been, you know referring all my notes that I've had in the past. And so water bath canning, because you forget what you had to learn so many years ago. It's like gardening, you know? So, um, yeah, water bath canning, you want to make sure that your jars are sterilized before you fill them. You always want to start with hot jars, hot food, putting them in hot water. And so am I correct in saying that if you go out and you buy a brand new container of jars, those come sterile? No. 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 In fact, I have been canning a lot this week. And so when I pressure can, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily sterilize my jars. They're clean. Right. Um, But, you know, that pressure canner is going to get up to 240 degrees and that's going to sterilize my jars inside and out. So I'm not so worried about it. Mm -hmm. I've been opening new cases of jars this week and when I take the lids off there is a rank funky smell to them are you serious and I don't know what it is it's somehow from the manufacturer so I've been you know definitely that first time wash wash the jars they're not sterile when they come off the shelf okay so water bath can you want to sterilize them you can do that in boiling water yeah. Um, you can do 20 that. 20 minutes? Is 20 minutes enough? I think 10 is good. 10 is good. Okay. Yeah. I usually boil mine for 20, but. Yeah. And then um, you could do that in the dishwasher and, yeah. and use, you know, leave it closed. Let them stay hot in there while you're processing your foods. And then um, just depending on the recipe, you want to make sure you get the right headspace after you've processed your food. So whatever it is, say it's tomatoes, um, you need to check the headspace requirement and what do you mean by on headspace? that. So the amount of space that you leave from the top of the food in the jar to the top of the rim of the jar. Okay. Did I say that right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Top of the food to the top of the rim. Yeah. <laughs> so some recipes are like three-quarter inch. Some recipes are one inch. And there's a great little uh, tool made by Ball. Yes. So you could use a ruler um, if you want to. But there's a, there's a canning ruler that you can just set on the, the rim of your jar and it will show you. One inch, three quarter inch, half inch, right. whatever. So, yeah. um, they're cheap. 
Yeah, which is also like your little air bubble. Yes. Tool. Yes. So you want to you want to fill the jar, and then you want to use that tool again um, as a debubbler. You don't want any bubbles down there in the food. Um, bubbles are going to give you a high rate of failure of well of lid sealing failure, and they're also going to give you a high rate of jar breakage in the canner. Okay. Um, so you don't you don't want air bubbles expanding inside of there while it's processing. And then clean the rims of your jars. I always do that with a little dab of vinegar on a paper towel. Yes. Um, and I every time I do it, every single time, somebody walks through the kitchen and says, what's that smell? It's vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I use vinegar is because, you know, you could use hot water if you were just canning, um, oh, say, you know, carrots or something like that yeah. in a pressure canner. Like, it's not greasy. It's not right. sugary. Um, but you know, if you're adding salt into your jars, which is not always necessary for like a safety measure, but it's something that you want to add for flavor, um, a grain of salt on that, on that rim, when you place the lid on is going to upset the ceiling. Right. And so, um, using a little dab of vinegar helps clean the, the rims. And then when you are getting ready to put the jars in, you want to use a brand new lid every time if you're using disposable lids, which most of us are. There's two-piece flat and rim lids. Mm-hmm. Um, there are brands of lids that are reusable. You're mm-hmm. not going to find them on most store shelves. You have you to order them. You can barely find the other ones on the store shelves. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So if you find them, buy them. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, so new new lids every time. Um I don't care what you saw somebody do right. on YouTube. <laughs> now the rings you can reuse. Yes, the we rings you can reuse. We're just talking yeah. about the center section that actually seals onto the jar. Yeah, that that flat piece. Yeah. Um, so just those are a one-time use, and then you can reuse them for like dry storage if you yeah. want to do that in your in your pantry or on your shelf somewhere. But as far as canning goes, new lids, reuse rings if you want. And then they go into hot boiling water, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that the water covers your jars at least an inch. At least an inch. And processing time varies depending on the food. Right, depending upon what it is. Yeah, so use, use a tried-and-true recipe. Um, I always tell people who are just starting out to invest in a good book. A absolutely. Good, a good recipe canning book. Yes, absolutely. Have something in print. Yep. At your house. Yeah. Just in case one day you don't have internet. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. So um, that's, I mean, that's the gist of it as far as water bath canning goes. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times you don't have to process for a whole lot of time. You know? Right. Like depending upon the recipe, you can have it done in 10 minutes. Yeah. Most things are 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't water bath canned anything. I did blackberries and blueberries recently. Um, I did tomatoes recently. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking those were like 15 minutes yeah. off the top of my head. The last thing I water bath canned was that blueberry syrup. A year ago? A year ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been all about the pressure canner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So what have you been pressure canning then? Um, well, we put up uh, all those potatoes. I'm still doing it. That literally took me all day. I did. I did more <laughs> yesterday. I did. But I am so happy that I went through that box and got them all on the shelf. 
um, it's like gold up on my shelf. It is. <laughs> it is. I love seeing it. I love having the potatoes um, already cooked. That's the other thing is when you when you pressure can these foods, it's already cooked. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like, really a dump and heat kind of yeah. situation. Like this weekend, we're going camping. And for breakfast one of the mornings, I will take a can of those potatoes. That's and great. they're already cooked. Yeah. We just throw them in the pan, season them a little bit. Add some eggs. Fry them up, add some eggs, and we're good to go. Yum. So, um, but yeah, so uh, carrots, potatoes, green beans. Um, what I've been working on this week is putting up zipper peas, uh-huh. um, which you can pressure can those. If mine get too dried out, uh-huh. I'll pressure can them. Um, but I really just like to blanch and freeze them. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to shell them when they're, you know, pretty green. When they're green. Yeah. yeah. They're so pretty when you blanch and freeze them. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't even think I blanched them. You don't? I don't. I think, um, it, again, it's been two years since I've done them. But um, no, no. I just shell them and, like, rinse them. Yeah. And freeze them. And freeze them, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, zipper peas are my favorite. I, I really, really, really love zipper peas. They're so yummy. Yeah. We like black eyes here. Mm-hmm. So that's our... That's our southern pea of choice. Yes. Um, I do like to can them, though. And even if you don't grow them or you don't buy them green, you can, um, you know, dried beans are great on the shelf for a time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people bought dried beans in 2020. And I don't think they realize that um, the longer they sit on the shelf, the harder they get. And then they'll get to a point where they will not cook. They will not reconstitute. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're keeping that on the shelf as like a hurricane food or an emergency preparedness kind of food, um, you want to go ahead and probably get those processed up. Right. And um, so that's easy. That's something that I like to do is buy dried beans and then can them. Can them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that in a while either. It's a quarter cup of dried beans. Top it with hot water. It's a quarter cup per pint, I believe. Okay. Half a cup for a quart. Okay. That just doesn't sound right. I'm not. That doesn't <laughs> sound like much. I'm not for sure. I would look it up, but yeah. I'm afraid to mess up the computer since we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't do that. But um, yeah, it, it isn't much at all. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? Okay. I know where I got the quarter cup from. No, I don't think that's right. I think it's, um, I think it's three quarter cup of dry beans to a quart. And then top that with water. Okay. I think that's that's more accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pint is going to be a, ha- a half a cup, something like that. Yeah. So look at look it up. But anyways, my yeah. point my point was not here's how you do it. My point was that you need to use those dried beans, and if you're not going to use them, then go ahead and can them because they won't last forever. So we like to do that. Um, that needs to be pressure canned. We do like to um, add in a ham bone sometimes yes. right there, so then it's done. Yes. Um, they say you're not supposed to can rice and noodles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do a turkey and rice soup or a chicken and rice soup. That's where I came up with the quarter cup, I think. So in the pint-sized jar, I would drop in a quarter cup of rice. Um, I just, that sounds correct. And I just put it in, like, raw, like not cooked. It Maybe it's been parboiled, but it's dry. So I do the, the dry rice, 
And then um, I'll put in a couple of raw carrots, a couple of raw celery, some onions, and then chicken and top it off with water. You could use already processed chicken broth if you want, but water does just fine because that meat's going to create a broth. Um, and then you get the good, the good yummy vegetableness in there. And then salt and pepper. Nice. Kind of, you know, or um, whatever seasonings you want to use, like thyme and um, maybe a little sage. And so it makes an instant ready-to-eat chicken and rice soup. My problem with that is I have to make a ton of it because my boys, they just eat it. They love that heat, and it's ready, and it's like, I don't know if it's like, it's that, you know, gets hits you in the heart and the soul right. <laughs> kind of food, like that homemade food. And so when they want something fast and, and good, they'll pick that over their crap food a lot of times. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's a recipe that we do. Um, yeah, and that's the nice thing about canning. It's so nice to have stuff on the pantry, in the pantry, just ready to go. Yeah. You know, open it up and heat it up. Uh-huh. It's so convenient. Another thing I've recently done, not just to save my freezer stuff and not just to use up my soup bones and, um, you know, whatever, I have also recently canned leftovers. So, Oh, nice. What did you do? Uh, smoked pulled pork. And so, because nice. like we had this big party, we had all this food, we had leftovers for a couple of days, we got tired of it, <laughs> and we still had a lot. And I said, I'm not throwing this food away. Like, I will not throw food away. I will not waste it. So I canned up, I think it was seven quarts of pulled pork. It's already smoked. Wow. It's already flavored. Yeah. And so that'll be an easy, like, let's make yeah. some rolls and heat it up and make sandwiches. Yeah. So that's nice to have yeah I feel like I'm ready to go through my freezer uh-huh down at the very bottom you know yeah where all those things that's where lost. my black eyed peas are I think <laughs> yeah yeah a couple of like frozen jalapenos are in there I can't think of what else might be um something I did this week was um beef tips so uh, or stew, like beef stew. So instead of like making it into beef stew, I took some stew meat. I um, made sure it was bite-sized pieces, put it in the jar, top it with water, pressure can it. Um, meats generally go 90 minutes. Yes. And um, so then for dinner, I took a jar of that off the shelf and dumped the whole thing in a pot. Well, I'm sorry. I started with some butter in a pot dumped the whole jar in and um <laughs> I gotta start again <laughs> butter and then like I made a roux out of I mean you don't have to if you're you know grain free or whatever you don't have to do that just use the butter dump the beef tips and and all the juice and everything in and um you know you can add some cream after it cooks and that'll thicken it up because you know like we don't buy cream of anything soup anymore um, but in this case I made a roux with some butter and flour and then I dumped the um, the beef and the juice in, and it made a gravy. We served mm. that over mashed potatoes, had the can of green beans on the side, and it was amazing. So. Yes. I have a feeling tonight um, our dinner is going to be <laughs> something similar like that off of the pantry shelf because I have zero things planned. Right. And we're trying to leave to go out of town tonight, so... It's easy. It'll be one of those nights where I can just grab a jar yeah. and see what I can come up with. 
Yeah. And, and I love that because like when nothing's thought out or yeah. you end up out and about longer than expected and you don't want to spend the rest of your night in the kitchen, like there's a place for preparing, you know, a four course meal. Like I love to get creative in the kitchen, but not at the end of a hot day in the garden. No. That's not when I want to, to cook for all my people. No. At that point, I just want to feed my people. Yes. <laughs> So, At that point, the people are saying, feed me, mom. Yeah, yeah. And so that keeps us out of the drive through It keeps us, um, you know, even from running down to the, our favorite nearest local restaurant and, like, the cost that comes with that, it keeps us home. Yes. Yeah. And that is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> Too expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, canning is a great way to save money, you know. Find a deal on something. Find a good deal on some meat, pick mm-hmm. it up, pressure can it. Yeah. You know, vegetables, you find a good deal on those, get them. Mm-hmm. So what is your, like, what would you tell people the difference in pressure canning? I went through the steps of water bath canning, so. Well, the one thing that I like about pressure canning is that you don't have to have a full pot of water. Right. You know, with with water bath canning, you're essentially doing this huge pot that you have to cover all your jars in water. That's a lot of water to get up to boil. Right. It takes forever. Yeah, it takes a long time. So pressure canning is nice in that you only need like an inch or two of water in the bottom of your canner. Yeah. You put your jars in, close your lid, and turn it on. And it gets up to temperature pretty fast. Yep. Um, so once you get it up to temperature, um, you have like a little vent on your pressure canner. Once you're seeing that full steam for, I usually let mine full steam for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. before I put my weight on. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, anytime I'm pressure canning anything except for green beans, I've got that nailed down in my head. <laughs> always look stuff up yeah you know, I just too. to double check am I doing the right amount of weight um you know because you could do 5 10 or 15 pounds of pressure mm-hmm. and am I doing this correctly and how much process time do I need yeah it's a process time that I can't ever remember yeah. for, for different foods I always have to look up yeah and then really you're just processing it and uh letting your canner cool down all by itself yeah which is so hard to do <laughs> sometimes I need a second canner Yes, that would be so handy. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to have to invest in one because, I, you know, days like this week, I've been running my canner two or three times a day. And that time between waiting for that pressure to come down and cool on its own, and I'm ready yes. to get the next jars in You're right ready now. ready to get the next batch in. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to let that pressure canner cool down on its own. Or, I mean, your jars will crack in there if you let that pressure yeah. out too much. Um, siphoning, siphoning is a big siphoning, problem. Yeah, all the liquid will siphon out through your seal, and then you're not going to seal, and the right. whole thing's ruined. Right. <laughs> then the whole thing's ruined. <laughs> it's, not all, it's not all bad, though. No. But, I mean, I would say with pressure canning... You just got to, you got to follow the rules pretty much. Yep. You know. Yeah. Especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. Um, If you're not just starting out, like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of like those rebel canning pages. Those are a lot of fun, you know? And the thing to remember about that is, you know, our, our, our government used to run a test kitchen. Our federal government ran a test kitchen for um, canning and they tested recipes for the proper amount of time and 
Um, they tested for food spoilage after shelf life and all of those things. Well, funding for that got cut at some point and um, whatever was approved was deemed safe and whatever was backlogged uh, wasn't. And so, you know, there, there are people who home can other things that aren't necessarily approved. Um, and that's not to say that they're doing it right or wrong or, um, you know, you, you do you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, your, your kitchen, your, your rules. Yeah. You know, I, I tend, I tend to follow most of the rules, but there are some things that, you know, I do question why. Well, like, why not can butter? Like people can butter all the time and, and there's no illness from it. So why not? Um, so I haven't been brave enough to can butter mostly because I'm afraid I'll mess it up. And yeah. butter is like gold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I don't want to mess that up. So I don't do that. But, you know, there are things that I do that are not necessarily approved, but I'm comfortable with that. So you'll build your confidence and um, try this and that later. Thanks. Yes. And you'll find that, oh, this works. And then you may find that, oh, this doesn't work. Yeah. Some things, you know, there, there is a real safety issue. Um, you know, like tomatoes, they say you need to peel your tomatoes. I don't peel my tomatoes. It's not a safety issue. I don't either. I don't have time for that. And some people say it makes them taste bitter. Right. But I don't get the bitterness. We don't either. Yeah. We don't have any trouble with seeds and, and peels and that in our stewed tomatoes. Um, but things like carrots, Mm -hmm. you really should peel. Um, I don't like to do that, and I've canned without peeling them. But um, I learned that the amount of time I spend scrubbing the carrots, right. I might as well just peel them. Yeah. So I got this really cool um, washcloth scrubber for because my dishwasher broke, <laughs> and so I, I decided to go out and get some some proper dishwashing materials and <laughs> found this like little square scrubber thing, and I scrubbed my carrots with that, and it totally scrubbed the skin right off of them. So oh, okay. It was um, a win-win there. That's cool. Um, so, when you did, I watched your potato video mm-hmm. that you, when you pressure canned your potatoes, mm-hmm. you soaked them, scrubbed them, and peeled them. Well, I was planning on just uh, soaking them really good and just scrubbing them and like washing them really good and yeah. leaving the peels on because um, sometimes I'm a rebel like that. <laughs> but the scrubber that I was using started taking off parts of the peel and then okay. I was like, well, crap, I kind of feel like it's like an all or nothing kind <laughs> of a thing. Like I didn't want to can them like with Some little peels. specks of yeah. peels missing because one it would look ugly and then two I thought once it gets in the pressure canner some of those peels are probably going to flake off and I didn't want little bits of red peels floating around in my you jars. Want, you want then, floaters. Yeah I didn't want any floaters because then my kids would be like mom you're not eating that. Right. You know so yes then I started peeling them and I thought I didn't have a potato peeler. So I'm sitting there peeling with a knife and Tori walks in. He's like, you know, we've got a really awesome potato peeler. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So it did take you all day. It literally took me all day to do, what was it? 25 pounds of potatoes. Yeah. I guess Um, I think, yeah. Well, are they 50 pound bags that we bought? Yeah. Okay. So we split one. So yeah, literally it 
that was um, pretty labor intensive, those potatoes. Yeah, I've been peeling mine and I've been doing them. You know, it's not something that's going to spoil right away. Like if you bought a case of tomatoes, those need to get canned. But a, a giant bag of potatoes can sit on your kitchen floor for as long as you need it to, <laughs> apparently, because <laughs> I'm going on like a month of these potatoes. But so what I do is like yesterday I canned up a bunch of bone stock. So I had um, a canner full of bone stock and then the second round I didn't have a full canner full. Right. So um, I did, I added some potatoes and knocked out like I think five, four or five more jars of potatoes. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a never ending project that, that potato project. <laughs> ready to be done with it. Yeah. But it is nice to have those things done and on the shelf and ready to go. It is, for sure. Yep. Yep. I think that wraps us up. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would say the only other thing that I would add is don't leave your rings on when you store your jars. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. Good call. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because that is, you know, essentially if you have a jar go bad sitting in your pantry and you have the ring still over the lid... It doesn't give the lid an opportunity to pop from the excess gases or whatever that makes it pop. Right. Um, and you won't really know that it's gone bad. But right. if you have your ring off and your lid pops... You'll know it right you're away. You'll know it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want a false seal. Leaving that ring on will give you a false, a false seal. Um, and the other thing, before you put them up, is when they first come out of the canner... You set them out on a towel or a cooling rack some people use. Um, you want to make sure you let them sit for a good 12 hours before you move them at all so that those seals are, are good and intact. Yeah, and I've even tried to grab them out of the canner too quickly after I open the canner. Mm. And um, just the light pressure from the, um, what do you call the thing that you use to grab the cans? The jar lifter. Jar lifter, yeah. there you go. The jar just grabber. The, the, the <laughs> jar grabber. Um, just the light pressure on a really, really hot jar with mm -hmm. that jar lifter was enough to, you know, put enough pressure on the jar where I started to siphon some of that liquid. Right. So let it sit a few minutes. Let it sit as yeah. hard as it is. Just let them sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and, and that's hard when you have a lot to do. But like like I said, I'm. I think I'm just going to invest in a second canner. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't know that my stovetop is big enough to fit two canners, but that is a good point. However, it, one could be moved off while it's true cooling. while it's cooling. Yeah, you could, you could lay out a towel on the countertop and yeah. just kind of gently move it over, right? And get your second one going. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we have that canning class coming up. Stay tuned to our Facebook page, American Farmstead Hers, where we will post another canning class coming soon. Yeah, we just got to figure out dates. We got to figure out dates. And uh, I'm, I feel like we're probably going to have to do more than another one. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of people asking. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm so glad you yeah. guys are out there wanting to do it. Yes, I'm excited too. Yeah. And I'm hoping next <laughs> week I'll have good news on cow pregnancy tests. Yeah, we'll talk more about our farms yes. next week a little bit. Yes. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Later. Bye.